This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. Well, in the current healthcare climate, with the emphasis on cutting costs while maintaining quality, some have suggested that the quality of the healthcare provider-patient interactions have been declining. Here to help us understand the role of communication and empathy in the care of patients is Dr. Louise Prince. She's Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Prince. Thanks so much for coming in. You're welcome. So with all the costs, you know, pressures to see patients quickly in the outpatient setting and to shorten hospital stays wherever possible, do you think that communication has suffered and thereby affected the patient healthcare provider relationship? Yes, I do think it has suffered. I think we are being asked to see a higher volume of patients in shorter periods of time, which doesn't allow for a more extensive relationship and extensive time of communication. So now our communication really has to be excellent but succinct because we don't have as much time with each individual patient encounter. Some of the research that I came upon just in preparing to talk with you about this suggested that effective communication patient to provider really has a a tremendous um, relationship to higher patient satisfaction, better adherence to medications, lower likelihood of mistakes, just generally for improving the patient's overall outcome. Has that been your experience as well, when you feel like the communications are really strong and good? Yes, I think you bring out some really important parts. First of all, if a patient trusts you and feels that you're empathetic, they're more likely to reveal important information to you that they might withhold from a provider that they don't trust. They're also more willing to comply with the directions that you give them, with the instructions that you give them, the medications and so forth. And I think there is some ample research that shows that patients who feel their providers are more empathetic are more likely to have better outcomes with their illnesses. So you went from communication to empathy, and that's very interesting because obviously that's a very important component of what we want to talk about today. Why empathy? Why does empathy matter? I think empathy is a bit different than what we would classically call sympathy. Empathy is walking in the patient's shoes. It really is um, feeling the world from their perspective. How would you feel if you were sitting in the bed, if you were the patient, and you could really relate that out to anybody else? How would you feel if you were the store clerk or your relative? It's really walking in their shoes and understanding what's happening to them and how they feel. I think that's different than sympathy, which sometimes can be um, more of a sense of pity, but it can also be uh, compassionate as well. So it's obviously good for patients for the physician to be able to see the world through their eyes, one would say, and perhaps not get hung up too much in being feeling sorry for the patient, but on the contrary, being able to understand what they're going through, feel what they're going through. But I guess it must also be good for the healthcare providers. Is there some research or some evidence to suggest that it's also good for the, the doctors and or any healthcare provider? Yes, there is some research out there that uh, relates empathy to uh, physician well-being, that physicians who have good emotional and physical well-being are actually more empathetic, and vice versa, that it may 
uh, improve your job satisfaction, and also reduce, reduce your burnout. As you can imagine, in this healthcare environment, with such high volume and very stressful patient care, our burnout level in uh, the world of providers is very high. So generally, it's good for both. I mean, it, empathy in, that, in the healthcare environment really does support the physician slash healthcare provider and the patient at the same time. Absolutely. It really has a very strong impact on both. But why, given, you know, beside the time pressures that we're talking about, what other factors may interfere with it? Why would there be empathy lacking today? I mean, is it, does it go back to training? I mean, is there an attitude that it's undervalued, maybe even disdained in some circles? Tell us about what you're thinking. Well, I think, first of all, you have to reflect on the training in general. There is a high volume of information uh, trying to be transmitted and learned in a very short period of time. There's also a substantial amount of fatigue involved uh, in prolonged physician training and residency. And I think with those two things, you can see why your empathy would slowly ebb away as you were really concentrating on um, completing your job tasks, seeing this very large volume of patients, and managing an enormous amount of clinical information. So I do think it can be lost in our training. And I think in times past, there are certain specialties that emphasized empathy, and there are some that really emphasized a more technical aspect of patient care. So I believe you've brought up some important points that empathy can be if you will, lost, but lost, not intentionally lost, but lost throughout the time with all of the pressures underway. Furthermore, it sounds to me like today with, you know, the, it's what's been shown is that when physicians are trained or they come out of training, quite often they may have started, as you said, with more of a, of a feeling to, of empathy, and maybe that was the impetus to even go into the field of medicine. Once they're actually out there doing what they have to do with all the pressures they experience, the, that seems to wane. And it's been evidenced by the fact that people will, um, when a patient is explaining how they feel, quite often be interrupted and, and cut off. So that there's been a lot, of, um, a lot of evidence for the fact that it is lacking and, and as, as you said before, even in the training, that it becomes undervalued, maybe undertaught. So um, obviously we have to address it in some way. How would you begin to address that? I think there's actually a national initiative underway to address it. We are seeing it in a lot of medical school curriculums now, including our own here at Upstate. I know that, um, for instance, the Department of OBGYN has introduced some initiatives for patient shadowing. And inside our own department in emergency medicine, we have begun some initiatives for patient shadowing of our medical students. Uh, if you look throughout the literature, there are quite a few medical schools now who have incorporated this into their curriculum. And we also see a number of residency programs that are beginning to incorporate this into their curriculum. So it's really, it's becoming something that people are recognizing as having a potential win-win for both patient and provider. Yes, I, I, I believe so. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's both the patients and the providers who can 
um, experience the good aspect of retraining. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with emergency medicine physician Dr. Louise Prince. We're talking about the importance of empathy in health care. So you mentioned that it's being done. So I guess the question is, I mean, in medical training, can it be taught, I guess is the question. Is this a skill that requires a certain personality type, certain um, innate uh, tendencies, trends, you know, uh, personality traits, or is this something that really can be taught? I believe that it can be taught. I do think there are a number of medical schools have really have instituted some very innovative and creative solutions for this. And I think the question is, is if we teach it and we do improve, can we sustain that throughout the clinician's lifetime? So I believe we're right at the beginning. There are some uh, medical schools that are further advanced with this, but again, it's a creative solution. These aren't simple things like teaching anatomy. This is different. This is teaching emotional maturity. Emotional intelligence in a way, what they call EQ. I mean, the ability to recognize. Now, you had mentioned to me before we sat down for this interview that there is a, 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 a cute a little kind of way of looking at empathy some of the ABCs of empathy. Would you share those with us really briefly? Yes, I think there are some really simple skill sets or tools that you can use. A stands for really awareness, and it's awareness of yourself. For instance, I'm feeling really stressed right now. I haven't eaten, and I haven't taken care of my own self-needs. But also awareness of the patient, uh, what the patient is going through, perhaps their education level, and also awareness of the other individuals in the room, as well as their expectations. And lastly, awareness of the environment. My example would be the emergency department, a very extremely hectic environment with a lot of critical things going on. And you mentioned interruptions. And so being aware of that environment that you're in currently. B would stand for taking a deep breath before we encounter our patients and then trying to be present to them, present in this moment with them, listening to them specifically and, and being there for them. And in my example, in emergency medicine, that is very difficult. You mentioned task interruption. We have an enormous amount of interruption in our uh, ability to communicate with patients. So reminding yourself to be present to them. And lastly, show how you care, make empath uh, empathetic statements. Uh, rather than making, say, perhaps judgmental statements or even trying to dismiss what the patient's concern is. So work on your empathetic, caring statements and then express that you understand the patient's concerns and also end with a question. Always ask the patient and their family if there's something you didn't address, if they have further questions. That way you leave it open to understand what their concerns are, and maybe find out that they really did not understand your instructions or your diagnosis. So in, in, in essence, by following these simple ABCs of, of empathy, you could really instruct someone to kind of develop a more humanistic approach to a patient. Really, in a way, it's a little bit of a recipe book, but, but those are very profound suggestions as to how to comport oneself in a situation like that. Yes, and I think it's all about uh, communication as well. Is there ever a time when you have too much empathy? I guess we've been talking about the benefits for both patient and for the healthcare provider, but I guess my question would be, 
is there is 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 there a time where empathy could hamper your ability to function, for example, in a role as a physician or healthcare provider? And is there a distinction between types of empathy? I, I, I saw somewhere alluded to the difference between what they called affective or emotional empathy versus cognitive empathy. Help us understand, you know, a distinction if there is one in that. Yes, I think that emotional empathy might become uh, difficult for us as providers. We do want to feel that sympathy and sadness in our heart for what the patient is experiencing. But if you are drawn emotionally into the situation to the point that it disables you, then you would not be able to provide the care that the patient needs and really function as their provider. We need to be able to also make good decisions and help the patient through good decisions. So if you were emotionally drawn in to a point where it affected your care, then I think that would be a negative effect of empathy. Yes, so they're really... It's a delicate balance to strike, especially if you develop a long-term relationship with a patient over many years, let's say in a primary care setting, the ability to maintain your objectivity while still being empathic, I think, is, is a challenge. I think a that's one. an excellent point, and we have seen that in many circumstances where the empathy for the patient may have overridden sound uh, judgment um, because you became very involved uh, with that patient. Yeah. So very little bit of time we have left. How did you get involved in this whole field? I think I had two or three different experiences. I do want to compliment a program at the Cleveland Clinic that they are working with providers to improve their communication skills and empathy. And that was very eye-opening. In particular, they had patients telling their stories there. But for me personally, it came from family members who were patients, and I was able to be with them, especially my own sister who suffered a a tragic uh, stage four cancer. And I was with her in a very large, very famous cancer hospital. And I was able to experience patient care from the family and patient's perspective. And it was very eye-opening, and I think it really changed my impression of provider empathy. And did it make you feel that they were being sad, they were being empathic or not? I thought it was a real mix. You were able to clearly distinguish the providers who were empathetic uh, versus the providers who were not. And it was amazing how you could distinguish that in a very short time period when they were with her. Well, I so appreciate your coming in and championing, championing this cause and also sharing your personal experience with us. Uh, it's very, very eye-opening, but also very, very important. Um, my guest has been Dr. Louise Prince. She's Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air.